welcome to Clear Out. I'm Nihal Qatar. As always, I'm joined by my brother Sahil. Sahil, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Excited to talk some trades on today's podcast. Yep, absolutely. Today we're going to be talking about some trade possibilities, a trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks here. Before that, we're going to be talking about our League Pass banger of the week, which took place uh, on January 6th. The Denver Nuggets hosted the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was an exciting game for the first half. Donovan Mitchell did not play, which is was very annoying. I mean, I it's all right. The NBA has just got to cut the season down. I'm getting really tired of this, but you know, we'll we'll talk about that maybe later. But um, the Denver Nuggets did come away with a 121-108 victory at home. Nikola Jokic led the way with a 28-point triple double, 28, 15, and 10. Jamal Murray chipped in with 18. Every single. Uh, Nuggets starter was in double figures, and Bruce Brown off the bench was in double figures as well. The Cleveland, on the other hand, had a very, very poor shooting night from the field. Karis LeVert and Darius Garland had 22 and 21 points, respectively, uh, but not a great offensive night for the Cavaliers, which is crazy to say about 108 points. That's just where we are in today's NBA. 108 is nothing Part of that was also a cab shot 56% of the line. Um, yes. Th- there was a stretch in the second half, which I'm sure you loved, where there was like, a lot of technicals being called. It's and so annoying. they well, missed game, a lot of those, actually. The game was, also de- <laughs> the game was delayed, also. Which, you know, we did Yeah, the, we were, yeah, we watched it back, so... Yeah, it didn't, but yeah. I, I, we, I was actually watching it the night of, and it was just like, it was delayed. I think there was some uh, issue with the rims, so they had to bring out the... The little, what is it called again? The leveler? The level? Whatever yeah, it's called. I feel like there's always, there's a lot of idiosyncrasies whenever there are games in Denver for some well, reason. Well, you know, it's a mile high, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's thinner air and such. Or maybe I'm just conflating that with the whole TV ride stuff, too. I don't know. But either way, great. They've been they've been awesome in Denver, and yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. You, you say Jokic's stat line, and it's like basically like... Well, yeah, it's averaging. like ho-hum for, yeah. for Nikola Jokic. <laughs> think of the, the Nuggets jerseys, their new rebrand. Do you like this or the old powder blue? I'm gonna have to pull. I'm gonna have to pull that up again. I, I cannot remember. Because I was watching Nikola Jokic rookie highlights, and I realized how much I actually really like their old powder blue jerseys. It reminds yeah, me, yeah, reminds me of Mellow a lot. Yeah, Mellow, Chauncey Billups, the great Ty Lawson. <laughs> one of my favorite yeah okay so i'm looking at this just like the, you know like like this dark blue red stripes i don't know if i like it I, I don't mind it i think i think they've been wearing this yeah for the they past have. few years yeah right? yeah, yeah. They have. They have. um i mean it reminds me of this so the thing is is like down the line you're gonna you're gonna want a jersey that reminds you of Jokic and murray and and, and aaron gordon I, I don't know if that's true Really? I mean, I mean why? I like Jokic, is, he's, in, he's making history right well, now. So Could I, be so, his third straight MVP sure, season. Sure. No, no, no. Why does his jersey I mean. need to just be in a no, uh, okay, no. mellow? I don't disagree with you. It's I just like the blue jersey better. I mean, I, I do. I mean, I do like their current white with the darker colors. I think that looks pretty good. Okay, yeah. And I mean, that's yeah. what I associate with with the Nuggets, not the not this blue right. jersey, but. You know, we'll have a jersey pod someday because it's something I'm very passionate about. Yeah, we, we might need to get a, a different specialist on for that. <laughs> you might need to talk to someone else about that because I'm not I, I'm not that plugged into jerseys. All right. Well, maybe maybe that's. Same I'll, with, I'll start looking around. If you know a jersey specialist, I know. I feel like I know people who are passionate about jerseys on other podcasts. I can't. I can't. I, you know, I'm thinking of on the Total Soccer Show, Graham, but that's soccer jerseys. Well, soccer kits are different. Yeah, I think which are, those are actually wearable. Yeah, those are the coolest jerseys in all of sports, I think, generally. I yeah, mean, I, no, definitely. Yeah. 
definitely. All right, let's talk about the game. Um, it was an interesting one. I think, you know, I, I do think this game sort of drives home how important Donovan Mitchell has been for Cleveland. I mean, obviously, you know, they're a, they're a top four team in the East this year with him. Last year, they were a playing team. But even just, you know, how much Darius Garland, I think, struggled in this game. You know, it's one game, so it's hard to really, like, take away, oh, you know, he can't do it without Donovan Mitchell. But it is, he against an elite team, he is so, so important. And also, I was actually, I was looking at, um, let me see if I can find these stats. Yeah, so this year at home, Darius Garland is averaging 25 points on 65% true shooting. On the road, he's only averaging 16 points per game on 47 true shooting. Like, I don't know what that is. The Cavaliers, right after this game, were 7-11 and 11 on the road. They've really struggled away from home this season. That's interesting. I, I, I mean, that, and that seems like a large enough gap in the data that it's not just like Donovan Mitchell sat on multiple games on the road. That could be part of it, maybe. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I... That is that is very interesting. I thought Darius picked it up in the second half. I think he still like showed his craft a lot, and and yeah, I mean the efficiency definitely wasn't there, but I thought he still like looked decent, and it ma- it makes you like uh, it shows you why he deserved to be an All Star last season with the way he carried that offense because with that you know somewhat poor spacing on the court they had oftentimes without Donovan Mitchell, he was their offense last year. Right. Right. I think something else that was really interesting for this game is midway through the second quarter, Denver switched to a zone defense, yeah. or very late, I yeah. should say, into the second quarter. Um, and they came out in the third quarter with that, and it, and it, and it worked. Um, I mean, they were forcing Jared Allen into some mid-range shots. Yeah, um, it, I think it got Aaron Gordon in more positions where he got to be right. on Jared Allen rather than putting Jokic in the action, which, exactly. which he was kind of getting bullied by Jared Allen. Right, the defensive end <laughs> that's exactly that. what I was about to say. So yeah. I think there was a really adept change. Funnily enough, at the end of the game with like four minutes left, Cleveland switched to his own defense. Yep. Uh, it didn't really work. But... <laughs> yeah, Bruce Brown hit a hit a three, I think, on the second possession of that to put yeah. them up 17. I mean, I mean, Bruce Brown, he he's shooting 40% from three this year, and he was three for five in this game. So, I mean, that is an incredible development. And yep. if, if he shoots like 35% in the playoffs, I mean, that is... He's such a good player for Denver. Yeah, he, he's averaging, like you said, close to 40% on three attempts a game. So he's making, on on average, one a game, which is just a far cry from where he was a couple of years ago. It's just a really cool development. Like, Bruce Brown was straight up a non-shooter. Right. That year, the the, the Bucks won the title in 2020-2021. And now he's a good shooter. And there was a possession where Osman ducked under a screen when Bruce Brown was the primary ball handler and he just took an off-the-dribble three and was like, I'll take that coverage and and, and, and make you pay. And that was awesome to see as well. Right. I, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, I really like this Denver team. I mean, they're obviously one of the hotter teams in the NBA over the last couple of months. They just have such a solid team. Contavious Caldwell-Pope was an incredible, incredible addition for them. They have a real player off the bench in Bones Highland. Uh, I mean, DeAndre Jordan got six minutes in this game, and that's even too much for my liking. But you know, I thought he looked decent in this game. Did. But no, the trend is not good. No. I don't think he should play. But but they, he, for some reason looked really good in, in the, some of the minutes he played. They they really need a backup five. You know, I think like Isaiah Hartenstein in in New York could be interesting, pretty cheap, and could actually be useful for them. I don't know if New York would trade him. Yeah, maybe maybe I might have an idea for something. Okay. Someone who could well, show up their defense later. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, Denver's 15 points per 100 worse with DeAndre Jordan on the floor. Yeah, Deal didn't make sense over the summer. Doesn't make now. But uh, when well, KCP looks like bubble KCP, like the KCP that helped LA win. Obviously, it's hard to look like that when you're playing in Washington prior to the season. But 
I mean, he's just looked incredible. Jokic, I'm so impressed. Jokic obviously is incredible, and again, he's much watch, must watch, and like I just love watching him. I mean, he came out of the half and hit two big threes. Yeah, um, that's just a thing you can do too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just am so impressed by Denver's off ball movement when Jokic has the ball. You have to play that way, obviously, since you have Nikola Jokic. But just the the I, well, I, I would call it secondary runs in soccer um, that they make it just really disor- disorganizes the defense uh, with the ball. That's great. Yeah. That's what I would say. Um, but it it was. I mean, it's really fun. They're a really fun team to watch. I know you don't see it, but I see a lot of discourse about Jokic being super boring and like the Nuggets not being fun, which I just don't understand at all. I mean, they have a lot of fun players outside of Jokic, but Jokic himself is just incredible to watch. Um, I, I He's won two straight MVPs, and he's still somehow underappreciated. And, you know, we came into the season thinking there's no way they give him three in a row, and right now he's my MVP. So yeah, uh, it, it's it, I mean it could it could definitely happen. he might be the betting odds favorite right now too. It seems like everyone's talking about him uh, like that right now, and you know it, just incredible what he's doing, the way he does it in different ways on every night. Some nights he just won't care that much about scoring and give you a ton of assists. Some nights he'll go for forty and just like whenever he got deep possessioning on Jared Allen in this game, like whenever he gets inside the restricted area, it's just over. And that's Jared Allen. He's right. a very plus defender. Um, especially around the basket. So it's just incredible what he's able to do regardless of the defense he's playing against. It doesn't right. matter, really. No, it doesn't. Uh, he's he's going to make the best decision possible. And yeah, no, this offense is something special to watch right now. It, it's sure. interesting. At the beginning of the game, it seemed like they have they had Mobley on Jokic and then Jared Allen on Gordon to maybe help off in the first couple of possessions. I, I don't really... That doesn't really work against Jokic. Like, if you help off of someone, he's just going to pass it to the open player. Yeah, right away. Before so, you even make exactly. the rotation. So, yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, so, Alan, yeah. I, you would think a team... Well, yeah, I don't even know how you defend Jokic. I mean, maybe you do... Maybe a team like Toronto is the best answer for someone like him. Um, where you... I mean, you just let him get his, which he can and he will. But, yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, the, the, it's 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 very it's it's very tough to stop him, and I think that's going to be true even in the playoffs. And honestly, it has been true with Jokic's numbers in the playoffs. Now, it seems offensively like Murray had a had a had a pretty good game. I, he scored in lots of different ways. He had a he had a pull up three. He had a nice shake and bake turnaround on uh, who was the defender on? It was on Levert. I have that down somewhere here somewhere here, but I can't get that. Um, he also stuffed Karis LeVert on a fast break when Karis LeVert tried to post rim. Uh, Karis LeVert had some really athletic plays going to the basket. Karis LeVert had a, <laughs> a, as good of a Karis LeVert game as you can have. Well, yeah. Bubble Karis LeVert was, might, might say differently, but uh, well, <laughs> this is true. No. This um, Yeah. Um, it, it seems like they've leaned a little bit less on this straight-up two-man game than they have in the past with Murray and Jokic. It seems like it's a lot of... Jokic in the post dictating with dribble handoffs with Jamal Murray and well, that's and, been a, stuff. and I think it makes sense right but, but well, it's like Jamal Murray's mostly been attacking in isolation from what I've seen this season well this is the best team they've had around Jokic and Murray true I mean they, this is Michael Porter Jr. late you know a little bit later into his career this is the first this season's the first time we're really seeing Aaron Gordon playing with those two guys and with Michael Porter Jr. they added Contavious Caldwell Pope Bruce Brown is playing great 
So, I mean, I, this to me is the best team. And Bo- I, you know, I keep forgetting Bones. Bones is a really good offensive player. Um, this is a team that I really do think can come out of the West. Yeah, I, I think so too. The, the more I watch them, the more I'm starting to get there. I don't know if I'd pick them number one right now, but I don't really know who I'd pick. So yeah, who's a who? Maybe Memphis. I, I I'm feeling Memphis. Really? Right now. I think I'm feeling Memphis right now. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and we'll have more extended conversations about that. Later, I think Jokic is going to eat Memphis alive. But yeah, I mean that's very possible. Well, yeah, or yeah, he'll <laughs> Jaron Jackson will fall out in the second quarter. And then well, be yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, God, it's not even. It's not to... again. It's not. It's not really the on-ball defense on Jokic. It's everybody else. No, true. I mean, yeah. If, if you're if you're trusting, you know, if you're trusting Ja to make like key rotations, right? No. When when he's carrying so much of a burden on the other end, I, it's not going to happen. Ja Moran is not that defender right now. Although, yeah, right. Um, I, I thought it was interesting. Evan Mobley was really aggressive in this game offensively. Uh, 13 shots he got. He looked good the first half. Yeah, he did. Uh, he he ended up with 12 points, 6 for 13 from the field, 0 for 6 from the free throw line, yeah. 0 for 2 from 3. <laughs> I kill him. I mean, that's not very good. But, um, you know, it looks like he's working in some post moves into his game, and he's trying. And and he, I mean, this is one game again, so I think he'll continue to improve. And, yeah, again, I you know, the fact that Garland, or sorry, Levert and Mobley had to do so much offensively, and even Jared Allen took 11 shots, just speaks to Donovan Mitchell. I mean, like, Chetty Osmond took 10 shots. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Okoro was... Kevin Love, how many shots did he take? He seemed more passive in this game. He only or... played 24 minutes, which is insane okay. to me. I, I don't know. I'm a big Kevin Love fan. He, so. I, I think he had... Last year, he had a legit... I don't even remember who won sixth man of the season last season. Uh, was it was it Clark? Was it Clarkson was again? It Clarkson? Uh, I, I don't know. Was but... it Wiggins? Was Wiggins sixth man? No. No, he was oh, a starter. It would have been Poole if it was, oh, Poole, if, it, if, yeah. it was if it was a warrior. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But I, he was definitely a candidate. Last year he had a great season. This season he's been a little bit more on even. But he had some key offensive rebounds in this game. He's it still like, really like freaking good. Timberwolves, like Kevin Love getting... I, I don't really rebounds. get why he only played 24 minutes. But, I mean, they do have two bigs, so... That's true. But, yeah, but but, but but on one hand, I mean, that makes his shooting more valuable. Sure. Uh, but, yeah, but Mobley... Um, like, I, I feel like in the first half, he was doing a really good job taking advantage of his size and utilizing those post moves, as you said, and hitting those little hook shots. I think I think he is at his best offensively right now when he keeps it, like, really simple. And maybe that's always going to be how it is. If that is, he's still going to be a fantastic player, I think, if he's limited offensively. But, you know, like you said, hopefully, we, we, you have to wait until you, like, truly say, like, oh, he's just going to be a limited offensive player forever. It's only his second year, but... Yeah, hopefully he can he can add a couple more tools um, to his game going forward. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, there's no reason for me to think that this is his ceiling as an offensive player. Um, so I I I still believe in Evan Mobley. I think he can be, if nothing else, like you know, uh, just a decent offensive player. Um, so. Isaac Okoro, one of my favorite players that we always talk about. I, I was like, you know, I, like I, I watched the game and I was like, yeah, like I love the way he looks, looking comfortable, dribbling, attacking the basket. And then you just look at the box score and he was like one for five. No, he was really aggressive early. No, he looked good driving to the basket, right? He got he got a couple of falls. Mean, okay, what do you mean he looked? Okay, that's like like handling the ball. I mean, like sure. I, that's he looked he looked explosive. Because if you can't shoot, at least like you know attack closeouts and make make defenders think about you. Yeah, he started and he only played seventeen minutes, so I think. <laughs> Jay he was like minus. Like, was he minus a lot? Probably. Uh, he was minus thirteen. Yeah, yeah seventeen minutes. <laughs> Chetty Osman, on the other hand, I think ended up playing more of the those minutes in the second half. Fifteen points, three for six from three, six for ten from the field. So, 
good good night for Chetty. Any other thoughts on this game? Yeah, I, I like 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 we talked about how Denver's offense is good and it's so good, but Murray's going to improve even more. Like you just saw, it was just encouraging to see the number of ways in which he was scoring. That shake and bake that I was talking about before was on Howell Neto, um, and then he shortly after hit a three with like two guys contesting him at the level of the screen. Really impressive stuff. I think, um, yeah, I, I I mean this. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. He he played in this game. He's still coming off that injury, not looking like peak Michael Porter Jr. And we'll see where he's at come playoff time. But he's going to be a big big X factor for him as well. Um, I think I, I have some stuff to say about their defense, but I think I can talk about that a little bit more later. No, no, go ahead. Well, because I'm going to talk about a player being traded to, to Denver. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that 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 is the one thing, right? That they could. I mean, it's so hard to play Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. and um, and Jokic all at the same time. I mean, they're so good offensively, but I mean, I just think that could present problems in the playoffs. And then, Me too. And then you add Bones Highland, like you, you can definitely cannot play all four of those guys at the same time. So, um, but Aaron Gordon and and Contavious Caldwell Pope, they're they're good. And Jokic is not as bad as people think on defense. Well, maybe people know that now. Yeah, I think people have caught up a little bit. I, I think now it's people are starting to have at least more nuanced conversations about like the playoff defense. Like sure. how can how how can that impact him? But I think people also sometimes will still just forget how incredible he is on offense. Sure. How well that translates to the playoffs. Sure. Alright, should we do trades? Yeah, let's go for it. Alright. Um you want you wanna start or should I start? Um, you can go with your first one. Alright, so this this is one that was actually is might be based on reality. Um, so basically, we each came up with three trades. We tried to make them, like, as realistic as possible. I, I, ultimately, I think we might have a pretty quiet trade deadline, honestly. Um, but, uh, this is, a, Mark Stein reported that, um, the Hawks were interested in, um, Jordan Clarkson. The Jazz were interested in John Collins and and Cleveland was interested in Malik Beasley, which is just so weird. But I, I don't really get it. Okay. But um, that was a report <laughs> that those three that the the, the, the a three team trade is being discussed potentially with three, these three teams. So the the here are the terms that I came up with to make okay. this work. All right, Cleveland is receiving Malik Beasley and their 2025 first round pick back that they traded to to Utah. Utah has a bunch of first-round picks. They have two other first-round picks in 2025, their own, and another pick, which will be better than Cleveland's pick. So that's the least valuable pick that they could trade from 2025. Gotcha. The Hawks are receiving Jordan Clarkson, Jared Vanderbilt, and Isaac Okoro. And the Jazz are receiving Chetty Osman and John Collins. Interestingly, I think Chetty Osman might be the one that the Cavs would be the least likely to let go just because he's so important to their wing play. Um... I mean, I don't, I don't, and let me preface this by saying, I don't really understand why these teams want these players, um, but that was the report. I mean, it's an interesting trade. I think that, you Wait, know. Wait, the Cavs want who again? Malik Beasley. Okay, Malik Beasley is actually a good. great season. Yeah, he has. Yeah. He has. And yeah. he can hit pull-up threes and stuff, but like. But they, need a, they need a true Yeah, you need three. a more, like a real wing, yeah. Um, Beasley's not a good defensive player. I do really like to trade for the Hawks. I mean, Jordan Clarkson, I think Jared Vanderbilt could be really helpful too. They, for some reason, are hell-bent on getting rid of John Collins. Um, so, I mean, you know, they get they get Jared Vanderbilt back. They get Jordan Clarkson, which is some, you know, bench scoring for them. Um, and then the Jazz get John Collins, who's, I, I think, a really good young player. And Chetty Osman, who, you know, they can trade next year. Just another piece for them if they want to move. <laughs> a deadline, wait for the next deadline. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So... 
it's a weird trade. I don't really understand it. Like I said, so, like that's really important. But I think if this is what ha- if this is a trade that occurs, if if this trade does occur, I think this is what it might look like essentially. Yeah, the Hawks with Jordan Clarkson is interesting. I I I just don't know how much that's really helping you in the playoffs. I, I it's not. What, you have Bogdanovich. Yeah, you have Bogdanovich and Trey Young. You, yeah. I mean, I know your defense has actually been keeping you up because of the Hawks' weird offensive lulls mm-hmm. this season, but I would not overreact to that. I think you still... Ultimately, you're still more of an offensive team than a defensive team come playoff time. I think teams in the Hawks situation are just like... They're not... They're underperforming, and they want... The front office wants to do something to, you know, inject something into the team. Bogdanovich is someone they can trade elsewhere in a different trade, too. I mean, that's also important to remember that if this trade were to happen, like, other trades could occur as well. For sure. So, um... Well, and I saw a, a report somewhere that if they're just going to give... They could just give John Collins to Utah, but then Utah said they might want to pick to take on that contract. That makes no sense to me. So, so uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because I think John Collins is still a player. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not like an arbitrage of a contract. It's not... I mean, John Collins is like just by himself. If he were to be traded, I feel like he's worth like a like two firsts, like just based on what we've seen. If Rudy Gobert is with five first round picks, John okay, Collins. Okay, well, that's the <laughs> this is the problem. This is why NBA GMs hate the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, okay. because everyone's going to be saying Rudy Gobert's name. <laughs> but, but Mur- okay, so Deshante Murray's first is worth three first round picks, right? Yeah. So I mean, is John John Collins is not. John Collins is a good young I mean, player. I agree. I don't think that premise really makes sense. If, if the Hawks cost cut and just get off John Collins' contract, I would be very mad if I was a Hawks fan. And just, oh, no, 100%. That, that would be very dumb, I think. Yeah. But the Hawks the Hawks and the Cavs are the two playoff... Well, I guess the Utah, I guess, is a playoff hopeful. But Yeah, I'm kind of under the assumption that they're going to start to bottom out, too. Because I think that they're on a negative trajectory based on how they started off the season. Right. And I could see them... Some some team is going to have to go into the lottery in the West. It's it's really crammed down there. Besides the Rockets and the, um, what other team? I'm forgetting. Uh, Spurs. Uh, Spurs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So again, this is based on a report. I wanted to make it like, a somewhat realistic. I tried to make this trade work in multiple ways. I think this is the most realistic option. You could say maybe the Cavs get someone else back. Like maybe they get a wing from one of these teams. Like, but I, yeah. Anyway, I, I I do think it actually... I think the Jazz come out the best out of any team in this trade. Yeah, I can see that. Chetty's a good trade piece. John Collins is just a good player and could also be a trade piece going forward. Does he really make sense with Lowry? I don't know. We saw Lowry at the three last year, but and a little bit this year. But um, Lowry, by the way. Well, yeah, he's been great. Incredible season. <laughs> like, uh, absolute all-star. It's, it, it's crazy. Just getting posters every other game. I cannot believe the season he's had. Yeah. <laughs> this exercise is hard. I think like it's hard to come up with actual realistic trades. No, yeah, I think it's hard too. I think it's hard. It, it, well, especially ones that are like somewhat exciting too. Right. Because I tried to I tried to do that a little bit. I think some of mine are a little less real, more realistic than others. All right. Why don't you go with yours? Your first one. Okay. Let, let, let me go with the. Uh, let me go with the most. Let's stick on a team that we're that we're already kind of talking about. Um, Denver. Utah. Oh. But Denver, <laughs> yeah, in Denver, yeah. So I have Utah trading with Denver and oh, Denver okay. trading DeAndre Jordan, Vlako Chanchar, and the only the only pick they have left, twenty twenty nine unprotected or lightly protected first for Jared Vanderbilt from from 
from uh, Utah. Now, Vanderbilt, God. you might say that they'll be... Okay, I think that 2029 first could be really good for, for Denver. I mean, if they're all their assets out... Um, oh, absolutely. I don't. I mean, Jokic doesn't strike me as going to leave. Probably, I would guess he's a, he's he's Denver for life. But it might be willing to do it. Might, it might be willing to. Um, I mean, maybe they should be willing to think about that. And and Vanderbilt, I don't think he's such a foundational piece that like you're going to build around him necessarily. Like, I think he's he's a great. He's a he's a plus player, but nothing like like he might not. He's not might not necessarily be a starter on a championship team. I don't think he'd be a starter for Denver. What I think he would help him with for Denver is that when Jokic is off the court, they can never get defensive rebounds. They cannot stop anybody. Um, I think they give up like a 120 defensive rating or 121 point defensive rating when Jokic is off the court. Um, and they get outscored by 13 per 100 as a whole. So Vanderbilt can give some of these bench units life, particularly at the front court spots. And just help this Denver 20th ranked defense. And I mean, we know that's the issue with them. We know that's the issue come playoff time. I think Vanderbilt is is a piece who's been a plus defender um, this year for Utah, even if all the numbers don't bear it out. Um, the advanced numbers like him defensively and just eye test wise, he gets in passing lanes, pretty versatile, basically played as an offensive five last year um, with the Timberwolves. So I think he can make good, good cuts for Jokic too on that end if they play them together a lot. But I, I I think I think this makes sense for both teams actually. Hmm. Uh, maybe I'm undervaluing Jared Vanderbilt or overvaluing that first. I feel like that is a lot to give up for Jared Vanderbilt. It is because Contreras not bad either. No, he's not. He's not bad. Um, he he he's pretty decent. But they, they okay. They do need to address. I feel like Jared Vanderbilt is an archetype of something they would sure. So forget the. And I feel like that's going to be the case for most of these. Like we're not we're not GM. So like right. I exactly do, like the the picks and the protections. Maybe it would be something like protected, and then it flips for the next year, and then the next year turns into a second or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but that's the only pick they have to trade, and you can't just get Jared Vanderbilt for nothing. Just trade two seconds for Isaiah Hartenstein. <laughs> that's why they already, they already had Isaiah Hartenstein. I don't think Nuggets fans liked him that much. <laughs> well, he's a lot better. That, no, he's better now. He's a lot better than he used yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean it's it's it is hard to find like those types of players. Um, in the league, so uh, it would help Denver. So if if, the, if this is their window, if this is the thing they think puts them over the top, then it's worth it. I mean, if if this is their PJ Tucker trade, then it's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, so. and maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it would need to be a like a protected first or like a second or, or something like that. But because I, I unprotected twenty twenty nine, that does feel like a lot for for Jared Vanderbilt. But yeah, I, yeah, I do think. I mean, if they could get away with trading second round picks, like maybe. What yeah, I just don't know if Utah would be interested in that at that point. Then, yeah, maybe not. Um, but yeah, I, I think he, Vanderbilt also he's shooting thirty seven percent on corner and threes, so he can like he's gotten better as a shooter recently. He has the versatility to play the four and the five, which I think can really help them, especially with their defensive problems. And like you, you could probably get away with playing like Michael Porter Jr., Vanderbilt, and Jokic at the same time. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that. Theoretically makes sense, but like I said, the details there there might be some better details if these GMs actually discuss this to make it more fair for uh, for Denver, so they don't they don't have to give away all their assets. Right. Yeah, I like that one. All right, ready for my second one? It's a doozy. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the Warriors are trading James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, two two firsts and a second to the Toronto Raptors for OG Ananobi. 
now teams wise oh Kaminga's been good Kaminga's been good well, I mean, but that's why you gotta you gotta yeah, throw in something yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's a Masai type player exactly <laughs> exactly so the Raptors are struggling right now I think you know they're they're gonna maybe go to tank mode pretty soon in this trade they get two young players they get two first round picks from the Warriors who are aging 2026 and 2028 and the Warriors get a player who I mean makes them extremely extremely scary Oh, in OG and Anobi. Oh my God, Steph just hit a half court shot. We're watching. <laughs> we're, we're watching a Warriors. He's motivated by the idea of OG and Anobi on his yeah. team. We're watching a uh, Warrior. He's the Warrior Celtics game in the background. Our dad just texted us. Did you see that Curry shot? Uh, yes, he just hit a half court shot. But um, he stole it from Tatum at half court and then hit a half court shot. That's crazy. <laughs> okay. Look, where else do you get live reactions like this? No, exactly. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Kind of, I, kind of over Robert Williams, too. Or, like, Robert yeah. Williams was, like, in his vicinity. Yeah. Anyway, I, this trade, it might be a little out there, but... And, and I think if OG becomes available, you're going to see a lot of teams, like, farming out the house. Or I don't even know what the phrase is. Yeah. There's just going to be bidding war. He's, for, in one for of my, he's in one of my next trades. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a really interesting trade because the Warriors have two young pieces. They have two firsts to trade. And, um... Yeah, I don't, and they're both, uh, well, Kaminga's like a Masai type player, and then Wiseman, you know, who knows, maybe he will he could turn into something. And you get off of Wiseman. Yeah, you finally get a seven-footer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's the one you were looking for, if right. you're the Raptors, but right. um, maybe they could get like, uh, yeah, I don't know, like throw in Patrick Baldwin too, give him a different type of player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw everything. Uh, that's an interesting one. I, I think, I, I okay. This okay. This starting this, this lineup is crazy. Steph, Clay, Ananobi, Wiggins, Draymond. Yeah, just forget it. Yeah. They're, they're, I think that team would win the title. Probably. Yeah. That's that's well. That's, that's crazy. why it's that's why it's. I think like this will put the Warriors over the top again. I mean, I guess they've already won four titles, but this will put the Warriors over the top for this season, and also it would help with the tank in Toronto. So. Yeah, no, that yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I think you got much closer to the value with your trade for for Ananobi than I did. Mine was just gonna be based on picks that might not even be that good, based on the team that we're gonna talk about. What you're gonna but, do that after you are giving up a tw- an unprotected first for Jared Vanderbilt? Say <laughs> the picks aren't good for it. Well, let's hear your Ananobi trade. Well, that team. Okay, yeah. So, so my Ananobi trade. So. At least Denver's twenty nine pick, they could they could be bad. This team, I is you might have a tough time selling that they're going to be bad. Um, so th- this trade would be, so I have two ide- ideas. Whichever one you like more, you can kind of. Oh yeah, I'll be I'll pick. Yeah, <laughs> you can either do Cam Birch and OG Ananobi for Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, and Dylan Brooks, and like three first round picks, three swaps, wow. whatever, whatever you need. They they would have to go. They would have to be like a lot of pick heavy on this, or. OG Anomi for Santi Aldama, Zaire Williams, and Dylan Brooks. So you, they don't get Brandon Clark in that situation back. Well, um, I think you still need picks. In, or the picks yeah, yeah, yeah. Are... You're, you're going to need... I think you're going to need picks regardless. Oh. For, so, so, but the thing is, if you're in Toronto, like, are these picks going to be good? I mean, Memphis is... Basically, they're looking like they're going to be a contender for, like, the next five, six years. If I'm Memphis and I can get him, I would trade three first-round picks easily. And I would also trade Dylan Brooks. And you don't have to give up Bane, Jared, and Ja, obviously. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I I would give up Dylan Brooks, too, because Dylan Brooks has had a good defensive season, all-defensive case, maybe, but, but OG Ananobi is such a better offensive player, and and you, you, can, you can seriously, like, 
he might be one of the best options in the league to throw on LeBron, throw on Jason Tatum in this. No, well, that's the this. thing. Like D- Dylan Brooks is a really good defender, but he doesn't really make sense with Bane and Ja, right? Like it's hard. It's gonna be hard to play all three of them in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I, I think Ananobi is just more of a clean fit. Like well, he would well, be OG, anyway. OG can theoretically guard one through five. Yeah, and like no, so. literally, like and, and yeah, he he would be he could be key in a Denver series. Like I said, like yeah, you would you would literally put him on LeBron or Jason Tatum in those types of matchups. You would put him on Giannis probably, like, and then have Jaron helping or something. Like it, it, their their defensive potential. I think they're already first in defense in the league. Um, <laughs> this would put them in a different category. Um, Are they really? Wow. Yeah. Um, Memphis is 18th in three point percentage right now, and 25th in three point attempts. I think OG could just kind of help them. He's going to be able to get open shots. He hasn't been shooting great this year, around 35, 36%, but he's a good shooter, like just through his career. And yeah, I think Dylan Brooks is expiring too. So not salary that Toronto would have to take on, and maybe just an opportunity for, for Memphis to not have to think about paying him. Um, so. Cynthia Long was a player I really like too. I think yeah, I like the theory of Zaire Williams too. Yeah. Those are those are those are maybe Masai would be interested in those pieces, and it just puts Memphis into a category where they're like they would be like legit favorites for me. Like, I, I so I think Brooks is a better player than Clark, but I do think if I'm Memphis, I would I think I would keep Clark. I just think he could. Well, I mean, so I'm, you do? I do the Brooks trade. Yeah, you do. Well, wait, Brooks is in. Oh, he's in both. Okay, both. Yeah. But Brandon Clark is only in one. And so, the well, one that Clark's not in, Aldama's in. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It's either Clark or Aldama, but if you throw in Clark, then you need to throw in Cameron. Okay, well, I'm not going to pick. That can be up to the teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, I, I really like that trade. That really... That makes Memphis... I mean, OG... OG, if he's traded, he will likely be the best player. Tra- well, I mean, unless, like, Siakam goes, too. I think it'll more likely be OG, I feel like. Just, just sure. with the rumblings about OG being unsatisfied with his role, it could be both, yeah. But there's no, there's no way they're trading Scotty. No. Um, but everyone else, I could realistically see. But Siakam would be like, the, I would be surprised if Siakam was traded. I mean, Siakam would be like four, four firsts. Yeah, Siakam. Yeah, like you could. I wonder if you could throw together like a Siakam, like Warriors deal too. Probably, I don't, Probably the salary might be hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, why, but that's the nice thing about Wiseman, since he was, like, the number two pick, he has, like, a large rookie contract. If I'm if I'm Denver, I'm trying to get Siakam. Or not Denver. If I'm Dallas, I'm trying to somehow get Siakam. I, they, they've been, have there been talks about that? That sounds familiar. Have they? Okay. I, I, think, I mean, it makes I, sense. If they can make yeah. a three-team... I think it would have to be a three-team trade. But, yeah. Because if you're thinking about, like, two, like, they like Luka likes to play small, too. Like, right. A st- he's, like, maybe the best small ball five, like, you can have, or right. one of them. Right. Not besides, like, Giannis. And he can get rid of Christian Wood. Yeah. <laughs> um and also like i just feel like yeah like he, he yeah og just brings you enough on offense too where he can do a post-up do an isolation especially if like he's your third or fourth option after jaron and john uh and uh, desmond bain like i just feel like he can he can be he can be really good because his offense can become a little bit more derivative too um he can still give you that isolation scoring but like he won't have as much of a burden as he's had in Toronto with all these similar players. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so clearly we both agree that OG is maybe the prize of the trade deadline, Absolutely. realistically, yeah. Absolutely. All right, my last trade is... Uh, this might be the least realistic one, but uh, it involves the Bucks. so... Okay. Um, 
Grayson Allen, Jordan Mora, a first and two seconds for Kyle Kuzma. Uh, okay. 2029 first. Yeah, maybe have to, maybe would have to be unprotected or, or lightly Well, protected. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would definitely have to be. I <laughs> so I, I thought this, I thought you didn't, I thought we talked about this before and you didn't like the idea of giving up an unprotected first. Well, or, I don't or, like, I don't <laughs> like the idea of it. I mean, Giannis is going to be in his mid-30s. Drew and Chris will be long gone by 2029. Um, so I think that's actually a really, really valuable pick. Uh, it is well. It's the most valuable if Giannis leaves. But then if Giannis leaves, it's like who cares? I I also Giannis at thirty five. We'll have to see what he's like. Um, will he be thirty five in twenty twenty nine? He will, right? He's twenty. He's oh, twenty eight, seven, eight, twenty eight. Okay, he'll be thirty four. Something like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because um, the draft takes place. So I mean, at that point, yeah, that's like for me, it's like Giannis is. I I don't think he's going to be a top five player. In, yeah, I mean, so the Bucks will suck anyway. Is what you're saying? Yeah. So, but but if you have a chance of the best player in the draft, I mean. Anyway. Who cares? Giannis is the franchise. <laughs> I mean, okay. But, I mean, I think Kyle Kuzma would really help the Bucks. He's just a good player. The Bucks need some good players. Yeah. Um, you know, Grayson Allen has started to play pretty well in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I, I I think his value has gone up. Jordan Wara is, uh, he doesn't have very much value, but to me at least. But I think you could sell a team on Jordan Wara and his yeah. potential. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure a better Kyle Kuzma deal will come if for, for Washington, but if it doesn't... I mean, that that if you're talking about, like, a singular first-round pick, unless it's the Lakers that, for some reason, will give up their late first-round pick, which may be more valuable. Oh, well, maybe not, because the Lakers are, are in Lakers Los Angeles. Lakers are the Lakers, yeah. Yeah, they might get it. Good There's a chance they're always players. good. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so you think a team would trade two firsts. Uh, I mean, you never know these days. <laughs> I, I think yeah, That's a lot, right? probably. Uh, okay. So like, so like a team like, uh, so like New Orleans. I don't think the fits awesome on New Orleans, but I'm picturing a team like that who they have an excess amount of first round picks from other teams and they're contending. Yeah. So maybe I could see them like flipping other teams first for like Kyle Kuzma. Hmm. Um, but not not that team specifically because I think just I think get the rest of the rest of the former Lakers there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, I got, got quite the team with former Lakers. Yeah. Um, it's turning into a good team, but AD trade, of course, is still worth it. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get a player to the Bucks. Okay, that's. But I think uh, your point you... about, I mean, Kuzma, like, they've been missing that small ball four. Like, right. it's just not enough defense, especially, I mean, especially with Chris out right now. I mean, but you're probably gonna need Chris either way to contend for a championship. But yeah, no, well, for it's sure. the offense too, because I mean, he's just a really good offensive player. No, he is. Yeah, and you know, Jay Crowder is the one that's been linked. Uh, Cam Reddish recently has been linked, which, I mean, he's not a small ball four, but he's been linked to uh, Milwaukee. I just, I would be very hesitant to give up this first round pick for, like, Jay Crowder, who's... No, no, in, I don't in, think they're going to do that. In his, mid, in his mid-30s, right? Kyle Kuzma is young. I mean, he's, like, what, 25? Um, 27. He... <laughs> I guess he was, a, I guess he, he might have had a, yeah, he might have been drafted, like, later. I mean, 27 is still year. young. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you get five, six years with him, with Giannis, so, yeah. I mean, that would be my dream trade for the Bucks at this, at this <laughs> deadline. Yeah, that, that's unfortunate that because of previous mistakes in the Drew Holiday trade, that the dream trade has to be Kyle, Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma. Yeah. But, I mean, that, that well, is what it is. You won your trade. Previous mistakes, I don't know if. Not, not mis- I mean, well, th- there are some mistakes. Like, yeah, like letting go of Brogdon, and then you had to like unload previous first round picks for like to get off of uh, Tony Snell's contract and oh, and uh, John Henson. Oh yeah, that's although did that turn into George Hill in the same trade? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, the John Henson and Del Vadova one. Or, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, we got George Hill back. PJ yeah. Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. You would have had more. Maybe we can get John Collins. Well, we don't have a salary. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how quiet of a deadline it's going to be. I feel like it maybe will be a quiet deadline, but then if some teams start getting. Start making trades like every like a lot of teams are going to start making trades because no, yeah, there's true. so many teams that can compete for a title this year. That's true. But Kuzma, yeah, I mean, obviously the Bucks have been very bad on offense this year, especially compared to their standards. And Kuzma can play off the dribble, can hit catch and shoot threes. I think he would look he would look good in Milwaukee. I think that I think that's a. And then for the Wizards, yeah, they, they should they should bottom out. They should try to get Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, right they absolutely now. should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think your last trade involves the Wizards, so we'll we'll move to that next. But yeah, just imagine Kuzma in that in that alternate purple. He looked great. Oh, he would. He would. All right, let's go to your last trade. So I'll I guess I'll say like the safer, less fun trade first, which involves Kyle Kuzma, which I had kind of thought about. Um, Duncan Robinson and a first round pick for Kyle Kuzma. Is that better than? Uh, a Heat first round pick. No, it's not better. But I, that was not my exercise. Oh, no, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, well, no, you're giving me some hope now. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess maybe they, they can get better for Kuzma. But you get a future first. I think the Heat, there's a chance they could be pretty bad soon with, like, aging Kyle Lowry, aging Jimmy Butler. But my more fun trade that I have here is Kyle Lowry and Victor Oladipo or Duncan Robinson and a first round pick for or maybe multiple first round picks for Bradley Beal. Um Bradley Beal's having a sneaky nice season offensively. He hasn't played many games. That's been the problem with him. The Heat are 23rd on offense as we record this and the backcourt gets weaker defensively without Kyle Lowry, which you, you pretty much need Kyle Lowry for salary matching purposes. But I'm not sure how much I'm going to trust this version of Kyle Lowry to stay healthy and play well in the playoffs anyway. And like especially for multiple rounds and I just I like the idea of of Bradley Beal and Jimmy Butler attacking closeouts on the weak side of each other's actions. So what happens to Tyler Hero in the scenario? Be- um, because I feel like a backcourt of Hero and Beal is just pretty bad defensively. It is pretty bad, but like it's not even just like okay, it's bad. But the way I see, like for like Kyle Lowry was injured last year, so they had to have like Tyler Hero and Gabriel Vincent in the backcourt. Yeah, like, I mean, he's a anyway. better defender than Bradley Beal. That's true, but I guess he doesn't add twenty points a game. So yeah, no, I mean this. Yeah, the, your lineups would be your closing lineup would maybe be like Hero, Beal, Jimmy Butler, Cody Martin, and uh, and and uh, Bam Adebayo, of course. Wow, it's 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 a good lineup, but you're right. I mean the back the backcourt. It doesn't scare me. It's like it doesn't a, scare you actually. Well, it scares me a little defensively, but I feel like I feel like you know, just from my I feel like although I I don't think that's good enough to beat the other teams in the East is what I'm saying. Right. Do you think the Heat should be thinking in terms of trying to beat the other teams in the East right now? Just because of the age of Jimmy yeah, Butler, I think so. Kyle Lowry, it's pretty open. I mean. I mean, it's possible. Like, they could make a run. I mean, it's possible. No, okay, so this this definitely makes the team better, obviously. You're getting rid of Duncan Robinson and a, you know, first-round pick for, for an all-star caliber score. So, I mean, it's it's a really good trade for them. I I, I feel like I, I don't see... I don't see Beal leaving Washington. Um, like, uh, yeah, just to clarify, he since he has a no-trade clause, Bradley Beal would have to approve of this trade. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, Miami's a good place to go if you're going Yeah, to Miami, you get to go compete for a title? Well, I was talking about personally, but... Oh, uh, yeah. No, no, I know. <laughs> well, I was saying both, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I like it. I like it. I, 
I think that is your least realistic trade, actually. Do you uh, think that's less realistic than... Yeah, because if you throw in all the picks for yeah. OG and Anobi, it's going to be hard to pass up. I yeah. don't think Memphis is going to do that. They just seem more cautious. I mean, Beal has just said in the past he wants to stay in Washington, right? He's happy in Washington. His family, like, his wife likes Washington. Uh, I mean, he is... He is the franchise in Washington. So I just, and you know, some, and some players are perfectly content with that. And I think that should be okay. Like, I don't think everyone needs to be some like, oh, I got to go win a title. If, if that makes you happy, be happy. No, I mean, that's true. I don't know. If, and if Bradley Beal wants to stay in Washington for personal reasons, I totally get that. I'm not trying to push him out, but I think. No, you probably, are to push he probably him also, out. <laughs> <laughs> he probably also wouldn't have said, oh, I just want to make my extra super max money and get an extra year. And that's why I'm staying in Washington. Like, like, a couple years ago. He would say the thing about... No, and I, I believe him, of course. I don't want to be cynical. But, like, the point... And I wouldn't blame him, you know, for... So... <laughs> if he has a change of heart, he got his money locked in now, he's on the Supermax, <laughs> he can leave and play on a contender in a warm weather uh, place. And that's why that's why he might have the appetite to move on. And he can always change his mind. But, like you said, I, I get it if he wants to stay there. Why the Wizards signed him to that contract, I have no idea. Um, well, this, yeah. this is their chance to, to right their wrongs with that. Go on the tank, completely rebuild. Bradley Beal is... There's no future with Bradley Beal being the centerpiece of a title team in Washington. Oh, well, that's obvious. Or even, like, a, a team that wins two playoff series. <laughs> what do you mean two playoff one series? Play- I mean, one <laughs> playoff series. Did um, they even win one with Beal and John Wall, right? No, they, they didn't. Or maybe I, they won one. Uh, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember, but... Yeah, no, I mean, I think... If Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal is a player that could really help, like a contender take the next step. And I think you might owe it to Jimmy to make an aggressive trade. Honestly, like like he's thirty three years old. He 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 led you to a finals in the bubble. He was a jump shot away from making the finals again last year. Like you're a jump shot away from making no, the finals again last year. I know a lot of people don't treat them as a top tier contender, and I don't. But how many times? I don't know. If you just look at the weight, I mean, they got smoked in between by the Bucs in the first round um, that one year. But in between that, I mean, they've had really good playoff runs. I, playoff Jimmy's a different, he's a different guy. I believe in that a little bit. Like, just the way he can kind of manufacture offense in the half court in the playoffs and do everything, even the little things on both ends. So, so like... The, and make threes in the playoffs for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is just interesting. Like, it, I do think... If you guess like Bradley Beal, also it just Bam, you know every post game Bam's like, yeah, you know I got to be more aggressive. Like <laughs> another score, you can just you can stop worrying about it. <laughs> no, for sure. Like Bam, I think is going to look a lot better as a as a as a, a third four, fourth as a fourth option. But he's he's been better this season. He's averaging twenty one and a half points a game. No, he has, which been. is a career high. Yeah, uh, which has been good for him. Um, a yeah, little bit less assists than some of the past few years, but I think I think. I think that would be a team I would certainly not want to play. Um, I would still probably, like, if I was Boston, Cleveland, or Milwaukee, I think I would like our chances, but maybe maybe not Cleveland. I don't know. Um, I, actually, I think I, would, I think I would like my chances if I was Cleveland. That's Are you even at Brooklyn? Yeah, well, Brooklyn, I mean, health pending right now, but yeah. The, the, the East is going to be fun. I can't wait to talk playoffs. It will be. I can't wait to talk playoffs. So we're going we're gonna to have, like... There's what is there eight series in the first in the first round of the playoffs like six of them or seven of them are gonna be like really good probably yeah absolutely absolutely it's crazy where we are now uh, in relation to where we were just like five six years ago in the NBA in terms of parity um, why don't you at KD Trey well, what's his, what's his at on I Twitter <laughs> KD Trey five yeah that, that yeah thirty five right. thirty five oh right? Trey five yeah. three five yeah okay yeah yeah he hasn't worn that. <laughs> 
Well, I guess you were. Did you see that Stan Van Gundy? Yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> All righty. Let's pick our hidden, or not, I guess it's not really a hidden gem, our lead pass banger of the week, where every time we record, we pick a game to watch on League Pass. Can't be a national game. Cannot be uh, any of the two teams we picked last week. So it's currently Thursday. Why don't we say the cutoff is uh, like next Friday for for this? I mean, when 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 do you think we'll record again? I don't know. Well, let's try to pick one this weekend if we can. Um, or we do like oh yeah, I guess okay. Maybe early next week. Yeah, early next week could work too. Yeah. Um, Looking here. All right. Got Grizzlies Kings on next Monday. Warriors Cavs cannot do. Kings, by the way, five games over five hundred. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> we already we did the Kings already. We've talked about the Kings. I feel like in various facets. Grizzlies uh, Lakers also next week. That is on ESPN. Uh, so <laughs> that's <laughs> Boston Toronto Saturday. I don't want to watch Toronto. I hate watching Toronto. Okay. I, I don't hate watching uh, Toronto. But Milwaukee Cleveland on Saturday. So depressing. Oh, we can't choose Cleveland. Um. Philadelphia, Sacramento on Saturday. Oh, we just we did the camp. What about well, what about Pelicans Heat? That see that's that's probably national, right? That matinee, thirty three, three thirty. It says league pass. It does. Yeah. On Sunday, January twenty second. Yeah. If you go to schedule, it tells you what it's on. If you hit schedule on NBA.com. Oh, I'm on I'm on the Google schedule. Oh, okay. For some reason. <laughs> um, of that night, Oklahoma. Well, no, we can't do that. Um, I kind of like that one. What, what was it again? Uh, it is Pelicans Heat. Did we talk about the Yeah, I mean, we're probably going to... It's probably going to be Zionless and Brandon Ingram. It will be. Zionless and Brandon Ingramless. If you want to factor that into cal- your calculation. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of great options this week. Boston-Orlando could be interesting. We haven't really talked about the Celtics. I mean, they've been really good. Orlando has been really good these last couple of weeks. Yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Did we already talk about Orlando? I feel like we did do it. But what if we just talk about the Celtics on the next podcast? Well, I mean, if we do this, we won't have to. Okay. <laughs> you guys, you guys are taking. You guys are. You know, this is you're taking a peek behind the curtain here. Um, okay, so I think those are really the two ones that I would be interested in. I think there's not really any other ones. I'm Clippers seeing. Lakers is national TV. I'm guessing. Which day is that? Tuesday, January twenty fourth. Yeah. Oh uh, yes. TNT. Okay. Um, I think that game is always going to be on national TV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's go with uh, let's go with, let's go with um, Celtics. Uh, Celtics Magic. Okay, Celtics Monday Magic. or yeah, Monday, January twenty third, um, seven p.m. Eastern Time. Boston Celtics at the Orlando Magic. Are either teams coming off a of back to back? No, thank God. Okay, um, so hopefully everyone that should be playing will be playing in that game. We'll, we'll be back uh, next time to talk about that. If you did enjoy, please make sure you rate us wherever you're listening to this podcast. It really helps us out. Share it with your friends. Um, you can also email us at clearoutpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clearoutpod. Send in listener questions and we will answer them on the show. But with that, we are going to get out of here. We'll see you guys next time on Clear Out.